Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. On this Memorial Day, we honor the sacrifices made for the United States and the ideals our country and California are supposed to stand for, like inclusion, diversity, and opportunity. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul, for 30 years or wander the desert uncover a hidden well and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles the snap judgment podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes snap judgment listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snapchat Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So today we thought we'd take a trip to Boyle Heights, a Los Angeles neighborhood where those ideals have played out for well over a century. Just east of downtown on the other side of the LA River, Boyle Heights with its tightly packed small homes and apartment buildings and small merchants on busy commercial streets has been called the Ellis Island of the West. The history of the neighborhood and its importance are chronicled in the new book, Boyle Heights, How a Los Angeles Community Became the Future of American Democracy, by USC professor George J. Sanchez, who was also born in the neighborhood. I met Sanchez in Boyle Heights' Mariachi Plaza to talk about his book. He began by reminding me that although the neighborhood is now a crossroads of Mexican-American life and culture, Boyle Heights was the creation of many different communities. It actually wasn't until the 1960 census that the majority of the population uh, became Latino. So before that, in most of the 20th century, it was very much an immigrant neighborhood, a, a neighborhood of working class people that came to Los Angeles, but from all over the world, really. The largest single group were Jews from the East Coast and from Eastern Europe. It included a lot of Mexicans at that time, coming up with the Mexican Revolution, include African Americans from the American South, Japanese from both Japan directly and from Hawaii. It had Italians, Armenians, just about every other group made Boyle Heights home at some point. And how much was Boyle Heights a creation of segregation, that you had people Latinos, Jews, Japanese Americans who 
really couldn't find a place to live in other parts of Los Angeles. Well, Los Angeles, the rest of Los Angeles was booming and it was growing a lot of new construction and, in, and embedded in that new construction were these covenants that meant that those uh, lots could not be sold or inhabited by people of color, certainly Mexicans, blacks, Asians, but also Jews, Italians, other people. So uh, a lot of Los Angeles uh, found itself restricted from these, these new groups. Boyle Heights was not, South LA was not, and so that's why those groups ended up being uh, kind of a polyglot community in these other places, including Boyle Heights. Let's bring it up to more of the current situation in Boyle Heights. In more recent years, there's been a lot of concern about gentrification, about outsiders moving in and their effect on property prices and rent. How big of a challenge do you think that is? Well, I think these are continue to be challenges. Uh, the gentrification movement, I think, is interesting because unlike most of the other communities around downtown Los Angeles, the latest numbers are it seems to have kept a heavily Latino population. So the, the racial transition that people feared, I think, has, is not really happening. What's happening is the movement of uh, more middle-class Latinos into Boyle Heights, including, by the way, those that grew up here but went off to college. And where in previous years they might not have returned to Boyle Heights, now they're returning. But it's really a challenge about what do you do when it's your own people coming back and wanting the amenities of, of a more middle-class, college-educated population. And so there's a real balancing act that the community has to face between, on the one hand, wanting to welcome back college-educated folks into the neighborhood, have more home ownership, all of that, but at the same time still be a place that welcomes newcomers, welcomes uh, new immigrants. That's a challenge. What do you think Boyle Heights and other neighborhoods like it in California, the Mission District in San Francisco, Logan Heights in San Diego, what lessons can they provide to us, whether it's on the city level, the state level, or the national level? For me, it's really important that Boyle Heights has always found a way to incorporate newcomers into what I would call kind of democratic practice at the local level. It has found a way, even for newcomers who are undocumented, to participate in the community, to participate in defending the community and making sure that it prospers and survives. One of the things that really interests me is, you know, we have this discussion of 11 million people in the United States who are undocumented. Boyle Heights has an interesting history of, of incorporating them into the local politics in, in what I would call non-electoral democracy. You have a right to speak out as a mother, as a resident, as someone who cares about the community. Those things have been really important. I think there's a lot to learn from that kind of a politics, which of course goes back to the very origins of the Boyle Heights in the early 20th century of incorporating all people into unions, into other uh, political organizations that really defended the, the neighborhood. So Boyle Heights and other neighborhoods like it become kind of a, I don't know, would you call it a stepping stone into the Americanization process or... It's, it's a stepping stone into the kind of multiracial democracy we're going to need in the future. There's no way to look at the demographic transition of the United States as a whole and not realize that you need communities like Boyle Heights with a tradition and a history of incorporating newcomers and diversity into the very fabric of democracy at the local level. So few communities have that knowledge of that history. Boyle Heights does, and I think if, that, if people can learn from the history of Boyle Heights, it's 
yeah, it, it tells a national story of, of how do we create you know, one society out of so many different kinds of people. You do it at the neighborhood level. You do it in, with local institutions. You do it with a sense of belonging at the local level, no matter what status you have, no matter where you came from. And I think Boyle Heights is a, is a great story for that. All right. George J. Sanchez, author of Boyle Heights, How a Los Angeles Neighborhood Became the Future of American Democracy. Thanks so much for joining me here. My pleasure. It's great talking to you. And that is the California Report for Monday, May 31st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Have a great Memorial Day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care on the web at chcf.org voices. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.